Okay. Uh, do I talk now? Yeah, just say like a couple sentences. You'll hear this story and you'll also be gaining knowledge when you listen to it on how to do these things. I realized that like my concern was really just what people were gonna think of my decision and oh my God, she's crazy. What is she doing? She's not, you know, she's supposed to be pursuing a career. This is when she's supposed to be finding a job. And I, that doesn't appeal to me. That never appealed to me. Play a major role in spreading the love and the joy and uh, reducing our imprint, you know, for, for future generations and for all that we share this planet with. I was just embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't do it, like I'd already failed. I had no idea what I was doing. What did I get myself into? What was I thinking? Our history of humanity really revolves around great people. And that's, that's all we know about. And why is that? It's because the insignificant people weren't important enough that somebody would take the time to document their life. Are you ready for this? I think so. <laughs> okay, you look a little nervous. All right, everyone. Um, thank you for <laughs> listening to the podcast. I'm super excited. I feel like this is an emergency release episode because of everything that's happening right now. But I'm talking to my bestest friend in the whole wide world, Charlie, and we are going to do a really spicy, interesting episode about how you can take care of yourself and find pleasure with isolation sex with yourself or with a partner during this quarantine time. So Charlie, will you just introduce yourself and tell everyone where you're at right now and what it's kind of like with the coronavirus lockdown? Um, yeah, my name's Charlie and I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Currently, uh, we are in a state of emergency in New Mexico, and we have a stay-at-home order until April 30th. Um, it was just extended the other day, and they're limiting the amount of people that can even go into a grocery store, and uh, yeah, so we're forced to stay at home. Yeah. Be creative. <laughs> Be creative in many ways. I know... Obviously, I know all about you, um, but for other people, can you tell them a little bit about <laughs> what you're into when it comes to like art and your studies and just in general, a little bit about yourself so that when we do this episode, they'll be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> this is a good topic for them okay. to talk about. Uh, yes. So I enjoy making art and I feel like I... Uh, live a very alternative lifestyle, if you will. And my partner and I are married, but we are in an ethically non-monogamous relationship. And we um, were very sexually exploitative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm also studying women, gender, and sexuality studies at the university, as well as sociology. So I kind of have a handle on um, gender issues and sexuality issues. And I hope to possibly one day become a sex educator or something along those lines. So I feel like I, I know a lot, uh, sexually and gender related. (laughs) Yeah, I, I totally 
feel like you know a lot about it too and it's fun because I feel like a baby with a lot of this stuff and uh, I always like hearing what you're learning about <laughs> and your take on things and just learning from you in general so I'm pretty excited to share that with everyone. Now, before we get into it, I usually like to add, to mention where we met and then do one question to get to know you. And we met, like, what, three years ago or four years ago? Yeah. Yeah, right around, I think it was three years ago. Three years ago? I think it was three. I don't remember. It feels like a hundred, but... Yeah, it feels like a hundred <laughs> years, but... In we... a good way. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. I'm glad it's not a bad way. Um, we were both going to an animal rights conference uh, in California, so we were both traveling a little bit, and I think you have a better memory than me, but I just remember I thought you were so cool when I first saw you, and we bonded a little bit because I was like, I want to use they, them pronouns, but it's so hard with everything, and you were such a big encourager, and you still are, one of the uh many reasons yeah. that I love you but yeah so we met pretty randomly and then we've stayed best friends for a few years and we go back and forth like sometimes I go there I actually got to marry Charlie and their partner it was amazing it was a Halloween themed wedding and I got to marry them both and it was just they have the most beautiful family, and I love them all so much. So it's been interesting watching it all come together and all the changes in your life. But instead of me talking about you the whole time, yes. I'll get into <laughs> asking you a bunch of questions. But first thing, um, I want to ask you two things that aren't related to the topic that we're talking about. Is One, what is your either your favorite movie or one movie you would recommend to people in quarantine right now? My favorite movie is, um, obviously, I don't know if I've told you this already, but it's pretty obvious with my screen names and everything, um, is Moonrise Kingdom. It's a Wes Anderson movie, um, and I'm just obsessed with it. I could watch it all the time, so. <laughs> Would you recommend people in quarantine watching it? I don't know what that's about, actually, so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is about this little boy, uh, Sam Shikusky, who is the khaki scout, and he is an orphan, and he kind of has, like, issues in his social life, like, he's kind of like an outcast, and he meets um, this girl who has, like, emotional issues in her family, just doesn't really like her and stuff, and they they meet and they write letters to each other and they fall in love and decide to go on an adventure together. And so they both leave their houses and like go through, um, it's not set in like real life. So it's like this weird Island they go through and it's just like so sweet and like the world is against them, but they're just like so happy. So yes, I would, I would definitely recommend everybody to watch that cause it's really sweet. Oh, that's so amazing. Okay. Now I'm feeling like I maybe did watch it, because I think you did tell me about it, but I forgot. Um, okay, I'm going to watch it, and that's a good recommendation for other people to watch. And then the other question I wanted to ask you is, can you suggest some forms of art that people could do at home with maybe some supplies that they already have in case they can't go out and buy things for multiple reasons? Are there things 
that you could recommend that we might already be able to do? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I feel like I always have so much art stuff, so it's hard to even think what a regular person would just have around their house. Um, But if you have, like, magazines or books or anything, um, if you're okay with cutting them up and destroying them, you could make, like, a collage. You can do that even with, like, a glue stick, which I don't typically recommend, but, you know, because stuff just, like, falls off easily. But if you have a glue stick or, like, you know, liquid glue or anything, you do, you could do like a collage and that can be really therapeutic if you like turn on some music and, um, just sit there and like be cutting out pictures and words and stuff. Um, I guess you could draw, but most people don't like to just draw if you've never drawn before. So I, I think I would recommend collaging. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a really good recommendation. You always do that, and then I started doing it a little bit too. And sitting outside, which I've done mm-hmm. during quarantine, sitting outside in the sunshine and having music on and collaging was really helpful for me. So hopefully people will give it a mm-hmm. try. So other things to do during isolation, during quarantine, is <laughs> sex. <laughs> and... As we've talked about, you could do this with yourself because some people are by themselves and some people are with partners and some people might be with multiple partners. Some people might have toys. Some people might not. So we're kind of going to get into all of that and give you multiple options and ideas. And if this is all kind of new to you, um, Charlie's going to tell you how to do these things as well, which is really exciting. (laughs) Yes. So, <laughs> isolation sex, why do you recommend it in general, whether it be with a partner or masturbation? Um, I mean, anytime I'm by myself or with my partner, I pretty much just want to have sex. So, I just figured right now is the perfect time to explore that because uh, you're home and you're forced to be together or you're forced to be alone. And there's not really much you can do. And especially with yourself, I mean, you know, there's no shame in like trying all di- all kinds of different stuff. I mean, nobody's going to know you did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you could do like anything. And then with your partner, I mean, obviously only they would know about it. And, you know, you don't want to just keep going missionary style all day. And then you just get tired of it. And you're like, all right, yo, like, let's change it up. So I just think being adventurous in that way is important. So that way you don't get tired of each other or I don't feel like you can get tired of yourself, but if you could, then, you know, doing the same stuff, then you can try different things. So. Yeah. And it's a little bit of self love too. Um, Either, you know, it Mm -hmm. obviously is a sexual thing, but I feel like it can also be really sensual and just feel good, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it can help you sleep better, and it can sometimes, for me, bring my anxiety levels down, so, and, you know, even though it is, like, sexy, and it can be fun and really exploratory, it can also be really calming and healthy for your body, too, which is exciting. Yeah, exactly. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and you, I mean, there's like a huge release of hormones when you orgasm. So it definitely is proven to like release stress and anxiety. Um, And yeah, just like treating yourself with care and love and 
like being central to yourself or to your partner is like a very loving thing. Oh yeah, totally. Especially now with a lot of people are stressed out or going through a hard time or really in their head and can't find a way to relax. Um, for me, it's like almost like a meditation because you're tapping into your breath and your body and it's a good way to check in and just get grounded too. I know that sounds very yogi-ish, but, <laughs> but I feel But it's like, true. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So can you give us some tips for safe masturbation before we get into ways to do it and what to use just give us some tips when we're getting started to stay safe (laughs) okay um obviously if you're going manual and uh you don't have anything to use you should obviously wash your hands um and if you have toys you should um usually they come with or when you bought them at a sex shop which hopefully you're buying them at a local sex shop supporting local businesses um it will have come with um like washing instructions um generally it's like 20 seconds under warm water with soap um that's good enough to sanitize them and then after usually if you're going between partners or um it's been a couple times you should boil it in hot water. Um, not sure usually how long I do that, probably about five minutes. I just boil it a little bit, um, just to like fully sanitize it. Um, but 20 seconds under warm water with soap is usually fine. Just be careful with silicone because, um, certain soaps can like degrade the silicone. So that's why it's important to watch out for the washing instructions. And then you should obviously be storing your toys in a cool, dry place, Again, which is all things you should have learned when you bought them, but in case you didn't know. And, yeah, keep that charger handy because you don't want to run out of batteries as you're going for it. And then, you know, it dies and then, you know, it kind of ruins it a little bit. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, we're getting started. We know all these things. We know how to clean what we're using. Remember to wash our hands. Um, How are some ways that you can play with yourself? If you're by yourself or if you're not by yourself and you'd rather just play with yourself, both are fine. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, there's obviously if you want to play with yourself and you're with your partner, there's mutual masturbation where you can be together and masturbate. Um, that's always fun. Um, but if you are with yourself or yeah, you just want to play with yourself, um, Remember that you you are, like, the most important person in your sexual experience. Like, make sure that you always feel comfortable and safe. And, you know, you're, you're giving yourself what you need and what you want. Um, you can obviously masturbate with or without a toy. You can... You could touch yourself, right? You don't necessarily have to do any insertion or anything. I typically don't like insertion when I'm masturbating, but you could do some insertion with your fingers or with a toy. Um, Otherwise, you know, you can just do like some clitoral stimulation with your hands or with the toy. Could just um, stimulate your nipples. Um, Just like find different places in your body that you enjoy being touched. That's kind of like a 
really interesting way to like figure out about yourself is just to like rub your body and just see like where you like being stimulated and being touched. Um, and yeah, like you could edge yourself, which is where you, um, come very close to orgasming, but you don't orgasm. And if you do that, then it leads to a stronger orgasm later when you finally do orgasm. So you can just edge yourself and then get ready for either edging and then waiting a good, you know, 10 minutes or so, and then coming to an orgasm or edging yourself and then having sex and then having really powerful orgasm. Mm. So mm, that's yeah, a good if idea. You, if you're interested in toys, I know there's, <laughs> I know that there's some places online that are still selling stuff. Um, generally I don't recommend shopping online for sex toys because they usually come out of, you know, somewhere that isn't like super reputable and you don't really know the ingredients in the sex toy. So I recommend shopping online or like in store, I mean, um, at like small local businesses, but, um, you know, you can shop online. Obviously right now you don't have much of a choice if you're interested in something like that and, uh, yeah, treat yourself. <laughs> I love in our we made some show notes just to remember some ideas and Charlie wrote that badge slash booty needs to be treated in caps. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> so okay, Charlie, if there are people who have never played with themselves before, never touched themselves before, never had an orgasm and they're in quarantine, and they're like, yes, I want to do this, but I'm afraid of touching myself, I'm going to feel silly, and I like literally don't know where to start, what would you say to those people? What advice would you give them? I mean, I started masturbating at a probably far too young of an age, so I can't really remember what I first did. Um, but I think that if you've never... Um, played with yourself, you know, for whatever reason that may be, I think to get past that mental hurdle is first of all, taking care of yourself mentally and understanding maybe why you haven't and what you're most comfortable with in order to get yourself um, out of maybe that state. Um, and then what you can do, I would say, if you are okay with porn, you know, find some porn that is interesting to you or like that, you know, obviously gets you a little tingly. Um, and then, um, you know, maybe watch that a little bit. And then once you're, you feel pretty like sexually stimulated, you can just kind of let your hands wander. And obviously I know I said clitoral, but if you have a penis, you know, I would say the same exact thing, you know, just like maybe touch yourself a little bit, see what, what, um, makes you feel really good. Um, yeah. And even without porn, you know, you can imagine lots of things or whatever your media of choice is. You can use that. Um, but just something to kind of like get your stimulation, get your like blood flowing a little bit. Yeah. And also a couple of things that, um, 
can be stimulating is like seeing yourself in a certain way like maybe you see yourself in a, in the mirror like in a certain position or in different clothes or without clothes and you're like ooh I look good um or maybe it might even be music or a movie that you've watched so there's a bunch of different forms of media that can get you excited and I think that it would be good to talk about a little bit before we even go into everything else I feel like there's a huge stigma around masturbation um, and I guess even sex in general. Like, yeah, I know that I grew up thinking that it's off limits. A lot of it is bad. Um, Masturbation is weird. It's something we shouldn't talk about. So when you grow up thinking it's something you shouldn't talk about, we think that it's something that we shouldn't even do. And it's, I feel like it's this very, like, Christian set of values. We need to wait till we're married. Um, We shouldn't be having these thoughts or these fantasies. And I know even for me, like, I've done a lot of work trying to overcome that stuff. But sometimes it's so ingrained in us that we still feel bad doing things or thinking about doing things. And I'm sure that's a huge thing that holds people back in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I know um, I don't want to speak for anybody personally without, you know, obviously asking them first, but I do know people who have a lot of shame around masturbation because they, you know, they did grow up in a setting where it wasn't allowed and you weren't, nobody could talk about it. And it was like this topic that's like so bad, you know, you just, the only thing you can talk about is like waiting till you're married, then you can just have regular, you know, like, I I wouldn't say regular, but, you know, I would call it maybe vanilla sex, like penis in vagina, nothing fancy, you know, that's the only kind of sex you're allowed to have, and only after you're married, you can't even talk about anything else, so I think even just, especially if you have, like, a partner there, um, and maybe you haven't talked about masturbation before, maybe having, like, a really good, honest conversation about what you like, and, maybe opening up to somebody else, like, you know, the closest person to you, obviously, hopefully is your partner or, you know, maybe you can call somebody. I mean, it should, I, in my opinion, it should be totally normal to just talk to somebody about masturbating because I do that all the time. (laughs) I don't know if that's weird, but, um, (laughs) so yeah, I think just like being open with yourself and open with your partner and just like being able to have a conversation about, what you like or just even just in your mind like having conversation with yourself and just like you know kind of coming at peace with this notion of the fact that masturbation is bad you know which it totally isn't but of course you're right like a lot of people from religious backgrounds um often feel that way and that's why I say like the most important thing is to like mentally prepare yourself and mentally move past those thoughts first and then you know don't do anything before you feel ready like because you're almost not giving yourself consent if you're not ready to masturbate without like fully mentally getting there with it yeah that makes a lot of sense and we're also not saying that people need to do all these things um like that these are the right things to do but if you are interested in doing these things um, and you've had trouble starting or you just want more ideas, um, hopefully this is a helpful resource. And I also just want to add that like, I'm super excited 
about, I also have had problems with like my body and my body image and like health at times and different things. But now I feel like I'm at the point where I'm excited that I have a body and that like I can explore it and do different things and it can bring me pleasure whether I'm by myself or with someone else. And I feel like that has been a healthy mindset for me personally. Um, and just coming to this idea that masturbation is you know, healthy for me and it should be normalized and I like being able to talk to you or talk to friends about it and not feeling like, oh my gosh, this is such a bad thing and so shameful and I can't tell anyone about it. And it definitely takes a lot of mental and emotional work to get there. But at least I feel like it's a it's a good place to be in you know, in my head for me. Yeah. Well and there's yeah, and there's also um especially, like, for trans people, um, touching yourself can be kind of, like, dysphoric for you. Um, so, like, you know, if you don't identify with the gender that was given to you at birth, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you you don't feel comfortable with, like, the genitals that you do have, um, I mean, there's other ways to feel good about yourself, you know, again, like, the touching or, you know, just like not touching your genitals, but like touching other places in your body. And, um, yeah. So I know that that can be like a big hurdle for, um, especially trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously this is, that's your own journey and however you feel like you can be, you know, have comfort in that is, is your journey and your, you know, however you feel like you can get there. Um, so that's not really for anybody else to say except for yourself. So don't feel pressured into touching yourself or anything when you don't feel like you can or you want to or anything like that, obviously. Yeah, that I feel like that was really good to mention. And two, a lot of this, we talk about physical things to do and physical things that are happening, but there's so much mentally and emotionally behind all of this as well. Um, which we could probably sit and unpack for a whole day because there's so much for so many different people and different bodies (laughs) with different experiences. Um, So yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that and brought that up because people have Mm -hmm. way different experiences. Yes, so we talked about playing with yourself and safe ways to do that and some different things that you can do. Oh, I have one more question for you. Um... (laughs) Now, I haven't done this before, so I don't really know because I don't, yeah. But (laughs) if people, say people don't have toys at home and they don't have access to buying them right now or receiving them, are there household items that you feel like are safe using as a toy? (laughs) Um... Um, I mean, there's so many things. You can look around your house and, and certainly you can find something. Um, obviously, if you're going to use something from your house, I'd recommend maybe putting a condom on it, um, washing it first and then putting a condom on it. So that way you're not just rubbing on, you know, this good spatula that you're going to use for spaghetti <laughs> tomorrow night, you know, so... <laughs> But there's, you know, I mean, even as I look around my room, I have, you know, I have some plenty of cylindrical objects, you know. Um, I even have some drumsticks over here. Those are 
Those would probably be okay. Um, I I tend to want something that's not just, like, totally smooth, that has, like, ridges in it and stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, whatever you can find, you should sanitize it and put a condom on that baby and then, you know, get, get frisky with it. And, you know, anal play with those kinds of things, definitely recommended. And vaginal play. Um, you know, even there's even some sounding options, um, like urethral sounding. Uh, I would, I would recommend a sterile object for that, but you know, whatever your, uh, your toy of choice would be, I'm sure you can, you can find something around your house. (laughs) Yeah. We gotta, we gotta get, um, thrifty with the, with the times right now. Two other, I just had two (laughs) other questions that came out of that. What is the sounding? Your sounding? <laughs> yeah, urethral sounding. It's um, where you take um, a long cylindrical object, um, usually a couple like centimeters in diameter, and you um, put it inside of your urethra as you're masturbating or somebody is um, rubbing on you and. and getting you to come to an orgasm and it, it makes for like a super strong orgasm. So basically like shoving stuff up your, uh, your urethra. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't know about that, nor had I heard about that before. So interesting idea for all you people listening. Okay. So people who are interested in anal play, but have a lot of fears around it or haven't done it before. What are good tips that you would give those people for when they're starting, if they're starting by themselves? Um, I would recommend always lots of lube. You should never, ever, ever put anything in your anus without lube because it can cause, um, like there's, there's not enough lubrication in there naturally. So you could, uh, with too much friction, it can cause like anal fissures, which basically means your butt will bleed every time you go to the bathroom or anything for like a good couple days. So I would always recommend lots of lube. Um, (laughs) and, um, maybe start off with a finger. Um, I would say if, either with yourself or with your trusted partner, I probably wouldn't try it with like somebody new for the first time because it should, you know, you should, you know, do it with somebody you trust the first time, especially maybe start off with a finger. And then if that feels really good to you, maybe two fingers. Um, and then you can get some toys involved if you have them. I always recommend anal ble- anal beads. <laughs> I almost said anal bleeds. <laughs> We don't recommend those. <laughs> don't I don't recommend that. I do, however, recommend anal beads, um, which is if there's video, I have some I could show you. But um, it's basically like a long string of it's like a usually like silicone, and it has um, different size of balls on it, and you just slowly like insert insert it until the whole thing is in there, and then. As you're coming to an orgasm, you slowly pull it out, and it makes for, like, an extremely strong orgasm. So I always recommend those. Um, 
if you want to like have penetrative anal sex um always take it really slow because again you don't want the anal fissure situation to happen or you know like if you put something in there without adequately stretching it there can be some tears and stuff um so just take it really slow and lots of lube so my recommendation I wish that like you and I had (laughs) talked about starting a podcast about sex in general but I wish that this was the type of show where people wrote in and they were like this worked for me this didn't because that would be really interesting to know (laughs) how many people actually you know use some of these suggestions all right, so yes, can that would you be awesome. give us some, we're moving to partnered sex with either one partner or multiple partners, can you give us some tips to stay safe in quarantine and in general? Yes, um, number one uh, safe sex um, thing would be using condoms every single time. No matter what, it's not only is it good for your vaginal bacteria, um, it's good. It's just there's also um, there's less friction when you have a condom. They're usually lubricated um, along with the birth control aspects and the STD protection. So that's number one I would always recommend. Along with that, you can use spermicide if you're, like, super worried and you happen to have some. I know it's probably hard to get some right now. Um, but that that can uh, mess with your, uh, you know, the bacteria in your vagina. So you can, you're more likely to get uh, a UTI just because of the chemicals in the spermicide. Um, but you can, you can do that. Um, there's also dental dams, which if you happen to have rubber gloves, if you're one of the lucky few, um, you can just cut it. Like if you cut off all the fingers and cut down the side, um, you can create your own dental dam. Um, but basically it's just like a piece of, uh, you know, like for the rubber glove, obviously it'd be a piece of rubber, but it's like a fat, a flat piece of, um, rubber or latex that you would lay over the vagina before you, um, put your face there. So that's a good one. And, um, lube again for the easy gliding to avoid fissures because that's horrible. Yes, that has happened to me and I will never, I will always lube it up extra just in case. (laughs) And then, um, but yeah, keep in mind, (laughs) all of these things are really important because there's not, um, I know like abortion is not an essential surgery right now. And a lot of doctors aren't taking like new patients or having like new appointments. So, um, the access to doctors or like to stores to buy these things is really hard right now. So um, just practice as safe as you possibly can because you don't want to end up in a situation where um, you can't, you don't have access to the things that you need in order to kind of clean up, clean up the mess, if you will. Yes, that is important to remember too. Like you said, especially right now, um, because yeah, that's not essential in the eyes of the government and it's not easy to get out and do things that maybe we had access to before. So those are good tips. Thank you for those. So what are 
some things that people can do within households if they have a partner or multiple partners? So, you know, you can, you know, have sex in lots of different positions. Um, I would say that, I mean, that's my number one recommendation. Um, If you're getting kind of tired of the way things are, maybe you can do some research or find some porn maybe and you like the position they're in and you're like, cool, let's try that. You could do that. Um, As I mentioned before, mutual masturbation with porn or without porn. You know, I'm a big supporter of porn, especially when it's ethical and, um, you know, that's a whole nother issue. But uh, I do enjoy porn and I do recommend people watch porn. Um, But if you don't want to, that's okay. Um, Discovering porn together can be really interesting. I know it's so awkward at first. I've watched porn with like a lot of people, including my friends, and it's just really weird at first and you're like, I'm looking. No, I'm not looking. I don't enjoy this. I'm not watching those people have sex. But then after about like 10 minutes, you're like, okay, we good. Like, <laughs> let's, let's like, let's do this. Let's do that. Like that turns me on. So just make sure to give it some time. It's not, the comfort isn't going to come right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recommend, um, making videos or having like a sexy photo shoot. I know that's really fun. Um, That can be like, even if you're not in the same household as your partner, maybe you can take some videos and photos to send them Um, or take some videos together, like find some good angles, like just, you know, not necessarily to send to anybody, but just to have. I know that's, that's really fun to me. I like you know, kind of seeing how my body moves or how our bodies move together in the camera. Um, You could play games like Sexy Truth or Dare, which I know Kaylin and I both have that game and it's pretty fun. (laughs) And you can just make it up as you go if you want (laughs) and make sure everybody is okay with, you know, the dares. Don't pressure anybody into doing anything. But um, yes. Then there's also, you could take a hot shower. Um, I like to like turn on the music and maybe light some candles and, um, or like some incense and maybe sit down in the shower. I like to do that, like sit down, kind of let the water like flow over you or have a sexy bath. Um, those are really nice if you don't necessarily want to partake in like the sexual part of it that's more of like a sensual idea I would say Mm -hmm. Uh, you could like scrub each other up and you know get all soapy and sudsy and explore each other's bodies that way and then you know having conversations about like you know what ideas you have as far as like kinks or interests or things you want to try those are some conversations that can happen now that you're home and I know everybody's getting bored. Like you just, at this point, it's been weeks. Like I know you're bored. Like just talk about it. I know there's stuff you want deep down. Just talk about it. You know, let's get, let's get the balls rolling. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good joke. You looked super proud of yourself. I love it. I was, like, waiting for you to hear it. I, <laughs> I know. Like, oh, I did say that. <laughs> uh, that was good. 
Yeah, those are good ideas to <laughs> do if you have a partner or partners in your household. Um, I also want to come back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier because I feel like there's so much shame that we learn around sex and our bodies. So say someone's at home and they're used to just having like typical kind of sex that you mentioned where it's like penis, vagina, missionary, normal style and someone wants to do more things but they're afraid of talking to their partner about it or afraid of trying it give us some some feedback for those people i would say you know being able to have a conversation with your partner is i feel like in the definition of being in a partnership um you should be able to have those conversations and um, I would say there's no harm in trying if you, maybe you just haven't, maybe it's not like it's gone badly or anything. You just really haven't talked about it. Um, I mean, at this point, hopefully you're comfortable enough if you, if you're living together, because that's probably one of the ways you'd be in the same household right now. I think that having an open conversation will, you know, kind of see you where it takes you in the partnership, maybe they're like, Oh my God, no, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, you know, then I would say maybe you should find a partner that is willing to talk about it because we need to erase this like stigma of talking about sex. And it, it's ridiculous at this point to not even be able to talk to your partner about sex. And, um, I mean, that's the person who's closest to you. That's the person who you're allowing to explore your body with. Um, so I would say even just trying to have that conversation is a good indicator of, of the partnership. And, um, you know, again, there's a lot of stigma around it. And part of breaking that down is being willing to just start the conversation. And I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, it's your partner who loves you and cares for you. I feel like the only way you can be, yes, it'll be a little awkward at first, but as long as they're receptive and you're receptive, it's going to go well and you're going to find out things about each other that you didn't know and you're going to become closer for it. Um, and within yourself, like maybe you don't want to admit that you're into some stuff that you are into. Um, again, it's like that mental capacity of like getting there mentally, like maybe exploring why do you feel like you can't talk about that with yourself? Why do you feel like there's shame around something that you're interested in and where does that come from and how can you break that down? Because there's no shame in anything that is consensually and, um, you know, like consensual sexual ideas. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as both parties are over 18 and both parties have consented or however many parties have consented. I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no shame in having different desires. I mean, especially if you watch porn or like, you know, you know, people like me who try lots of different things. I mean, people like to poop on each other and people like <laughs> to pee on each other and people like to cut each other and make them bleed and stuff like that. Like all of those things are turn ons and somebody out there will like it. And just admitting that you like it and like realizing you like it is like the first step in being able to talk about it. And I promise you there's somebody else out there or maybe even your partner who enjoys that kind of thing and you can try it and you know, 
Yeah, or maybe your partner's like, oh, I would be willing to try this. It's not my first idea, but I care about you and feel safe, so let's try it. Yes, there could be lots of um, interesting sexual yeah. things yeah, exactly. that come out of quarantine. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what are some other non-penetrative sex ideas? If people, again, we already talked about what they can kind of do with themselves, but if they're at home with someone else. Um, yeah, so you don't always have to have penetrative sex because there's, you know, a lot of people, um, especially sexual assault survivors, um, maybe are worried about the, you know, the penetrative aspect of some sex so if that's you or maybe you just don't like it, some people, you know, it's just not their thing and that's okay. Um, you can try oral, which, you know, using your mouth to please another person. Um, that can look like a lot of different things, um, kind of depending on the person you're going down on, what they like, if you're willing to try that. Um, and then, you know, just like kissing each other's bodies. Um, making out, um, touching each other. Um, those are fun ways to play with each other without the penetration aspect. Um, uh, I would say cuddling. Um, I think that kind of goes along with like touching and just kind of like being physically really close to one another. And that can lead to touching each other sexually. Um, without penetration, just using your hands and kind of like rubbing places, your penis or your vagina or whatever genitalia you have. Um, and you can come to orgasm that way. Um, kink play, um, you can discover new boundaries together. I think, I know I've already touched on that a lot, but, um, talking about what interests you may have and maybe trying them. There's like tickling, there's, massaging. Um, I personally have uh, a candle where you light it and it drips um, essential oil rather than wax. Like it's made mm. out of oils. So you can find different ways of like, you know, that's like some heat play and then massaging and, you know, stuff like that. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be penetrative in order to have sex. Yes, 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 yes. I, went to a festival called touch and play last year and there was a whole not workshop but a whole evening dedicated to kink play and people were even doing things like knife play which was interesting and some other things that weren't as soft so that might be more appealing to people as well because there were so many different ideas that I had never even thought of before yeah or you know um making making more use of that uh, that spatula um, <laughs> that's what i was just thinking maybe try um <laughs> getting like hit with it or like spanking um you know like again depending on where you want to be hit or where you want to try to be hit um you can do like some spanking stuff um i mean there's just so many things that you can try um choking Anything like that, like all kinds of different stuff. Again, with consent of all parties involved. 
Yes, with consent. Um, and knowing yourself. Because sometimes I know that we say that we want to do something and maybe we change our mind or it didn't feel as good as we thought it we would. So being able to speak up and say, hey, actually this doesn't feel good or I want to stop. Um, and if someone says that to you, then respecting their boundaries. Exactly when they say it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a huge part of, yeah, that's a huge part of consent. And consent doesn't just start and end with like saying yes it doesn't start there like it starts there but it doesn't Mm -hmm. end there um consent needs to go through the entire sexual um or physical any kind of whatever kind of relationship you're having there needs to be consent throughout the whole thing and coming up with a safe word is a good idea so that way you know some people feel weird about saying no or saying stop and I know, again, sexual assault survivors or, you know, many other reasons why you may feel um, like it's too hard to say that, but mm-hmm. maybe come up with like a fun safe word like avocado or something where you <laughs> wouldn't be saying that. And then you can just say that and they know to like cool, you know, to cool it right then um, or different kinds of safe words like avocado can mean stop right now. I don't like this. And then banana can be like, I like it, but do it softer right Mm -hmm. I mean there's all kinds of different safe words you can do and I think that will help um uh continue the consent of the relationship yay that was a really good tool and tip I am I'm glad you thought about it and another thing that I just thought of from that festival that I went to because we learned a lot about consent um which is like a less physical thing but more prep work I guess before and after I also feel like it's important if you're going to do partner stuff to talk to your partner um you know maybe beforehand like this is what I like this is what I'm looking for these are my boundaries um this is how far I want to go and if you change your mind at some point verbalizing that like out loud, you know, with your partner so that you're both on the same page. And I don't know exactly why people would be with someone kind of random during quarantine, but it could happen because I know people who are in hostels right now that are traveling that got stuck places with random people. So if, you know, people are deciding to engage sexually with others, it's also important, I think, to talk about maybe what you want after this, like, okay, after this, you know, if I if I see you around, you can touch me. I don't want you to touch me. These are the expectations, too, because I'm sure for some people they're with a group of people that they know or random people, and I do think it's helpful to talk about your expectations before and afterward. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, I mean, that should happen hopefully with, any relationship you're in and especially the partnership you're in right now, if you have one, um, that's why I say like the most important thing is communication and boundaries and always setting those boundaries and respecting the boundaries because the minute you go past that, you can't go back. You know, you've now disrespected somebody sexually, physically, emotionally. Um, so make sure if you set a boundary, you keep it and respect everybody who, who wants to, you know, be within that boundary, um, and just have that communication with people and, 
there's even a stigma around communication. I feel like, you know, I see a lot of shows and movies and I see even people in my life and there's just like, they tell me stuff and I'm like, well, why didn't you tell your partner that? And they're like, well, then they'll just get mad or whatever. And, um, so I think communication and like starting a relationship off or continuing a relationship with communication is like a huge, you know, a huge aspect of this and just in relationship health in general. Yeah. And I also think it makes things more fun too, because it gives you a little bit more when you know your boundary and your container, it gives you more space um, to be able to play and discover things without feeling as maybe nervous as you would. Yeah. And also like, you know, especially like during sex, I mean, how many times have maybe like people who aren't okay with communicating and, you know, you're going at it and then you're just like, oh my gosh, like I really want a dick in my butt right now. And you just can't say that. And I mean, like, so people are having these like unfulfilling sexual experiences because you're so afraid to just like say what you want because you're not comfortable with the person or you haven't communicated in in that way before. So I just think like communication is key because, you know, it's so sad that so many people have very unfulfilling sex because they're just too scared or like too worried, um, to communicate what they really want. So it's definitely a, a hurdle to jump over. And this is the perfect time while you're forced to be with your partner all the time. <laughs> yeah. Or that- partners. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes we might not always have the space or the time to do that with people, but I think a lot of people are going to find themselves in the situation where they do have time to explore this. Um, Yes, so that is good. I'm also glad we touched on consent because we didn't originally write it down, but obviously it's a really important part of this conversation. Um, And switching from more like sexual, you know, we talked about penetrative and non-penetrative sex ideas. I also want to talk about, which you, you know, brought the idea up. And this is the kind of stuff that I feel like I really like the sensual ideas for people. So maybe they Mm -hmm. don't necessarily want to just have sex or they want to have sex and do these things, but what are some sensual ideas for people to play with? Yeah. Um, I mean, I did touch on them a little bit before, like the candles, um, or like oils, um, and having, uh, massages. Um, I like to like with my partner, I tell him, like, take your shirt off and turn on some music and lay down. And, you know, so once he's all comfortable, I just come and like sit, on like his lower back and like massage and just, you know, just like being really sensual about it and like just taking care and like, you know, comforting their body and like just making them feel really, really good. Um, that doesn't necessarily have to be in conjunction with sex or anything sexual. You can just, that's just a way to like care for your partner and kind of, you know, just be each other, be comfortable with, with one another's bodies. Um, I recommend like if you're going to do a massage and maybe you don't have massage oils right now and you can't have, you don't have access to them because a lot of sex shops and, um, stores, 
um, that would sell something like that aren't open. So I personally like um, coconut oil with uh, some peppermint essential oil, maybe like um, like a tablespoon with like three to five drops of peppermint. Um, that is kind of like it's it's really tingly on your skin because of the peppermint oil. Um, and the, the coconut oil, once it's like, it melts really easily and it's not like other oils where you just like pour it on and it's like, you know, like dripping everywhere and you have to like quickly massage it in because it's just like everywhere. Um, you can put like a chunk of, of coconut oil and it kind of massages as it gets warmer and, you know, that's, um, something really sensual I, I like. Um, but you can kind of make your own if you have some essential oils or any kind of oil that can be used, um, on the skin. Um, I would say again, tickling or like soft touch, um, just being really gentle with each other. Um, you can do this like naked and just kind of, you know, maybe exploring each other's body, exploring your own body. Um, I have a more fun idea I put on there kind of like would be to dance naked to songs and, you know, it's always like people always think it's weird, like to just see like a naked person doing something. I mean, in movies when there's like a naked person, they're like running, you're like, Oh my God, there's like so much like moving around and like, you've never really seen that before in real life, you know? (laughs) And it's just fun to like see another person's body just moving. And, you know, that's kind of just, you can dance together like slowly or just, you know, go wild with it. Let loose. Um, Those are just some like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought of, <laughs> like dan- you know, dancing yeah. with each other, or, you know, stuff like that. Another idea too, I just thought of when you were talking about dancing is yoga. Um, that's also something that you can oh, yeah. do with yourself, like naked yoga, or maybe just less clothing that you would usually have, but doing that with a partner is fun too. And again, it doesn't have to turn into sex or anything like that, but it can be sensual and it can be fun to see your body in different positions. Um, and yeah, with the, I feel like the dancing and you yoga they can be combined really easily because I like to do that a lot even just in my general everyday life like every morning for the past week at least I feel like I've been waking up you know I've been in quarantine in the same place and putting on one song and just shaking everything out as much as I can your fingers your head your neck your toes like letting your belly breathe really full and heavy and just going wild and I know that's really uncomfortable for some people, but that's a really good way to feel into <laughs> yeah. your body and loosen up, and it can be really fun with a partner, and then it can even turn into something more sensual or sexual if you want it to, but that that's another idea. I'm a fan. Yes, and a lot of that is like discovering each other's bodies because I know a lot of people don't have sex with like completely naked maybe um or you leave a shirt on or like you don't want your partner to see you like naked naked you know you're like oh I gotta turn off the light or gotta wear a bra or whatever um this is kind of like a fun way to discover each other's bodies and kind of get over um maybe like ideas about your body that you have because when Mm -hmm. your partner's like having fun dancing naked right next to you I mean or just like being (laughs) naked next to you um I mean you know, they're going to be looking at you and they're still going to be loving you. So that can be like really, 
um, it can help your self-confidence also. So, (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. That's a big thing. I feel like that can be something that's helpful, you know, not only healthy for your body, but for your mind and emotional well-being too. Um, There was something I was thinking of when you said that, that I thought of one more idea. Oh, I don't know why I'm just thinking about this. I guess because we were talking about dance, but like lap dances or just sexy dance, teasing your partner can be something sensual too, which I know that can also be scary because I feel like dancing is scary for a lot of people in general. But if you're with a partner that you're comfortable with, or if you're by yourself and maybe you want to film it to see what you look like, this is a good time to play with that. Yeah, I totally agree. That That is an awesome idea. Um, yeah, especially like even filming it and just like being able to see what your body looks like and watching it with um, maybe like an open mind because anybody when you see your body because you never look at it, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, this looks gross. And this looks gross. Like, don't look at it like that. Just think of like, wow, I looked really good when I did this or Mm -hmm. this position I looked really good in, you know, like think about the positives of it and don't start criticizing right away, which I know a lot of people would do. Yes. Yes. That is very easy to do. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, so I'm pretty happy because I feel like we gave people things to do with themselves, with other people, and some safe ways to do those things, and even some just sensual things to do. Um, I know that you wanted to talk about poly couples and what they might be experiencing right now. Yeah, um, I think that's like a big thing that a lot of people don't really think about is that, um ethically non-monogamous people or polyamorous people um, or any kind of non-monogamous sector of that, um, you may not be quarantined with all of your partners or all of your, like, date mates or anything um, or all of your sexual partners, Um, and maybe you're with all of them. And it's really hard because, um, you know, you could be in the same house with like your metamor, which is your partner's partner who's not your partner. So, um, and because they're not your partner, you're seeing them give affection to, to the partner that you both have. Um, and it can cause a lot of jealousy or, you know, maybe two of your partners are quarantined together and you're by yourself and you know that they're getting to spend all this time together and you're not there. Um, so there just can be like so many different, um, issues surrounding that, um, with this quarantine. Um, so if you're not like all together, uh, maybe starting like a video chat with like on Skype, which you get unlimited time on, or I know the big thing now is zoom, which I've been Mm -hmm. using for my classes. Um, and I think zoom has like a little bit clearer of a picture, Um, it it can kind of like switch screens really easily to like whoever's talking, it'll like put their picture up really big or like their screen up really big. So that one's kind of like a fun one. I mean, it's only 30 minute sessions that are free. Then you have to pay after that, but you can do like a quick 30 minute session or just on Skype. Um, and maybe just have everybody on there together. Um, or maybe the partner or, um, date mate that you aren't with currently, Um, maybe just like a one-on-one session to just kind of like 
be open with how you're feeling and maybe turn that jealousy that you may be having into something productive. Like, like I feel jealous because I'm not getting your time. So, um, is there a way that I can, that we can communicate better that will make me feel a little bit more loved or a little bit more cared for? And that can open up to, you know, a lot of different things. Um, I would say, you know, a cute idea, like old school, would be writing a letter, um, describing everything you'd like to do to them. Or just like a nice letter, like, hey, I really miss you, and I really love you, and here's the things I love about you. Or I really want you to put your this in my this. And, <laughs> you know, just mailing it to them with no, um, without saying anything, that would be really fun. Um sending nudes, um, from that photo shoot you did earlier, right. Of yourself. And you found some like really sexy pictures that you want to send. Um, maybe the one, the one partner or date mate or, um, person that you haven't been spending time with, you can send it to them, like just them or like special pictures for different partners. Um, uh, number one would be sexting because everybody, not everybody, but I like sexting and a lot of people <laughs> like sexting. Um, so you could do that. <laughs> um, you know, or if you're uncomfortable with sending nudes, which that's a whole nother stigma that should be erased. But if you are uncomfortable with that, you can do like Snapchat, you know, where it erases after they see it. So that way you can still send like sexy stuff and, you know, they don't necessarily get to keep it if you're worried about that. Um, but yeah, phone sex is another one. Just being connected with somebody and doing sexual stuff or talking about your love and relationships and like, you know, turning the jealousy or the hardships into something productive. Because um, I know it can be really hard to be without people that you love or to be stuck in a house with all of the people you love and it's just you're driving each other up the wall, you know, that can be really hard. So just turning those into fun situations or, you know, productive situations. Yes, 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 yes. And I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff on social media that just has to do with um, sex or being with partners in general, but I haven't really seen anyone touch on polyamorous couples or different types of relationship. Um, yeah, I just feel like we don't talk about it that much. So I appreciate that you came up with that idea as an important topic. Do you want to yes, talk about, and this is totally up to you, do you want to share any experiences you've had during quarantine or any stories or just any other last thoughts that you have on this subject in general? I mean, I will say that like the main reason I thought of um you know, talking about this kind of thing is that, uh, my partner and I are stuck in the same house together 24 seven because all of my classes got moved online and neither of us can work right now. So, um, you know, because we're non-monogamous, we typically can go out and like, we have dates with other people and have sex with other people. And we can't really do that right now. And it's, it's really hard. And I noticed just that, not that I'm getting bored with my partner, but just like, you know, I'm interested in like seeking out other sexual or like 
romantic kind of um, relationships with people. And I can't do that right now. So I was kind of taking it out on my partner. We're kind of taking it out on each other, just like that we can't have that. And we're like, well, let's just, why don't we make this into something good? And like, let's try new sexual experiences and let's, you know, do new things together. So I think um, just that I'm coming from experience is something I wanted to mention that I'm not just like, making stuff up as I go like I'm actually (laughs) in the situation where I feel like I we needed to become more creative and like we took a bath together and like we lit some candles and you know turned on some music and you know we tried we're trying different things we tried the candle thing um discovered that we both really like you know like the heat play and stuff like that so um you know just just know that while you're stuck with your partner, yes, you're going to get on each other's nerves very quickly, not because you don't love them, but because you're not used to just being with the same human like all the time. And although that can be hard, take it and like make something great out of it. And then that way, when you're thinking about the um, quarantine, you're like, oh yeah, I had like a lot of awesome sex and tried lots of new stuff that we still do. And (laughs) you're going to think of it as like a good thing. And you're not even going to think about, you know, the little quarrels you got into. So. Yeah, that is a way to take something um, that can be a really sad or hard or tricky situation and not making all of that those hard things go away, but hopefully bring a little bit more um, light playfulness into the situation in general, which sounds pretty good right now. (laughs) Sounds like a really good idea. I was actually talking to a friend. I I told you this. um, I think that we've, I don't know, were we thinking about this at the same idea or I asked you if you'd want to do it, but I was talking to a friend and he's by himself And he was just talking about how he, you know, was having a hard time sexually and usually, you know, he masturbates and does all this, all these different things and it comes really easy and natural to him. But he's had so much anxiety because of the pandemic right now and all of these things that he hasn't been able to really get into the groove with himself And on top of that, he was like, I know there's other people who, you know, have never even explored themselves or all of a sudden they're in this situation and maybe they want to know how, but they're not sure what resources to use. So hopefully this will be a really helpful resource Mm -hmm. to people in that situation. Yeah, I think we were thinking about the same time because I texted you like, oh my gosh, we should do this. And you're like, I was literally just thinking that. (laughs) So we both had the same idea. And I think it's so important because... You know, I mean, it's just, it's such a hard time that you're staying home and I'm not even, I'm really trying hard not to like look at the news or, or really hear anything about the coronavirus because it's just so stressful to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, um, also I wanted to say if you're quarantined with kids, which brings up another whole thing, um, and you want to try all of these things, you know, there's lots of times that you can sneak away and and get into them like after bedtime or in the morning or during nap time or set them up with a movie and lock the door um because it is really hard to even explore sexually especially if you have like kids in the house and you just feel like you can't you know I know that this is probably an everyday issue because every time you're home your kids are home um 
but now you're like spending a lot of time with them and you're probably not feeling super sexual. So this can be another way to, um, discover more sexual stuff with your partner now and like feel more sexual with each other. Um, and then that kind of keeps your mind off of what's happening. Not that you shouldn't be aware. Obviously you should be aware and like be safe and everything, but to me, I need kind of like a distraction. And I know a lot of people do because it brings up like anxiety level, like crazy. So, um, I, I like to think about sex instead of, um, sickness. So hopefully that will help other people too. (laughs) That was a good tagline. Sex instead of sickness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about the sex with kids while you were talking and I was like, oh, that would have been a really good thing to talk about. That would probably be a whole nother um, sex, like a whole nother podcast you could do or another section. But I'm glad that you mentioned a few times where people could kind of sneak away and feel a little bit more together. Yeah. And like that can include a lot of bathroom sex. I know sometimes when the kids are home, I mean, I'm just like, you know, lock that door, like bend me over this counter because there's nowhere else to go. Like, just make sure the doors are locked. Make sure your kids are safe. I mean, it's only going to take a few minutes, you know, maybe more, just depending on the person. Right. But, um, you know, just cause you have kids in the house does not mean you cannot have fun. Um, cause I have two kids of my own and I'm doing all of these things. So, you know, you can do it. I, you know, I believe in you. (laughs) You can do it. It's been done. Charlie is proof. (laughs) We believe in you. Yes. (laughs) We believe in you. Okay, Charlie, if people want to learn more about this outside of the podcast, one, are there any resources that you know of, um, whether it be reading or videos or pictures or Instagram accounts that you follow? that would be helpful for people to follow? And two, can people follow you somewhere if they're like, I want to know more about Charlie because this was an amazing podcast episode. Where can people follow you (laughs) if you want them to? Sure. Yeah. I, uh, the only social media I have is, um, well, I have Snapchat, but, um, that's for, that's for sexy times. Um, so I have Instagram, um, and it's just at Charlie the Rainbow Unicorn. Um, I post a lot of uh, like my art and stuff like that, and I'm trying to post a lot of sex positive stuff. Um, and I also follow uh, one person. It's uh, Shrimp Teeth, um, and they post a lot of stuff about polyamory. And um, I mean, there's a bunch of different ones on Instagram, but that's probably my favorite one. Um, But yeah, and then also there's, I know, I don't know where everybody is listening from, but there's a sex shop in Albuquerque called Self Serve, and they do classes on, um, they have some on like non-monogamy, they have uh, how to give like a good blowjob, how to like, like how to, like an intro to anal play. They have all kinds of different classes. Um, They even have a class on, like, how to um, feel comfortable sexually after sexual assault or or stuff like that. Um, So I'd say finding resources like that, like finding, if you're not in Albuquerque, there's probably a local sex shop 
um, that can kind of help you out. And maybe they have classes as well. Um, there's online classes. Um, there's all kinds of different ways, but I tend to promote supporting local businesses and especially sex shops. Um, while there is still stigma around buying toys and like taking care of yourself sexually, there's, you know, these places don't make a ton of money. So going in and maybe talk to, talking to them and buying a toy that they recommend or taking a class that would help them out and that would help you out. And, um, yeah, so those would be my recommendations. Woo. Good recommendations. Thank you for sharing those with us as well as everything else that you talked about in this episode. Uh, I'm so excited that we did it um, and I'm excited to release it and I'm still trying to think of what type of post I'm going to do with this because I have some pictures of us together or I'm trying to think of like something a little more sexy and fun that I can post on Instagram to tell people to come listen to this podcast episode so whatever it ends up being if you listen to this episode and you want to comment that you tried something or maybe you have a couple more questions you can find the post where it's talking about this podcast episode and it would be interesting to see what people tried what they have questions about um and their their take on the things that we talked about I think that could be really fun yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. And hopefully um, this does break down a lot of stigmas and starts a lot of conversations and people can start having really good sexual, sensual, and um, physical and mental relationships. Woo! Yeah, make the world a better place by leaving things better than I found it, you know, whether it be people or the planet or, you know, all kinds of things. Isn't there a quote that says, feel fear and do it anyways? Yeah. 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 So I think for us in significance, we have to do it ourselves. A lot of people are doing things in their life they're not happy with mm -hmm. and they're doing it just because you know it's a norm and they feel like they feel pressured by society definitely or they're just you know stuck in this rut mm -hmm. and you know ruts can be comfortable for people and they can be very comfortable comfort is not how you how you grow as a person <laughs> <laughs>